Yes, please send us Bitcoin. Hello and welcome to episode number 183 of Grumpy Old Ben's for June 22nd, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the weather is heated up and uh, everything else in Chicago still sucks. And from America's left coast, where we have confirmed that Jay Inslee is a bigger douchebag than Rob Reiner. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Wow. Is there a scale for this? Like a physical scale? You had to put uh, them both what on? What there was was a battle of the douchebags on Sunday, which I was participating in. <laughs> uh, my two douchebags, uh, both of whom were were high quality douches, were uh, Jay fucking Inslee and uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I, mean, I think Inslee has to win. I think. He did. In fact. Wow. Okay. Now you're breaking your the whole thing. Spoiler, by the way, you for anybody who hasn't listened. You went to Vorak <laughs> for a minute there. Believe it or not, we've never had connection problems. What, you, what are you doing to me? Are you on the right network? Are you? Uh, <laughs> Why do you have to say things like that? <laughs> I just I know you were, you wanted to channel the uh, John C. Devore because we've okay. never had connection issues and you went all robot and dropped out for a second. But you were saying Inslee won. But what are you doing? What are you doing to me? Magic. It's, it's oh voodoo. Oh, okay. You're not even hearing me right now. We are in the dark arts. Well, we're hearing you, but you're obviously not hearing us. This, I'm. No, I'm just not listening to you. The stream can hear you. I can hear you. We can all hear you. NTR broke in for a second. That probably means it's on your end. So this is. I'm, Ooh, that was an I, overall like, drop. Just like yeah. Dvorak, I am completely solid and you're the one breaking up. I get this. That'll happen. It's, all, it's, it's the only fight they've ever had. What is the problem <laughs> with the connection on no agenda? Should, should I switch to the other ISP? Dvorak and I are the only people in America who have more than one in their house. I know. You're like, I can just flip a switch and make that happen. I actually can't. I had to remove the switch. Ooh. Something about not wanting to be the tech support for, for my wife's business. Why did it stop working? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I can't well, complain. I mean, that's ex- basically, I mean, they, they, the, the company fucks so many things up that. Uh, you know, they're going to have to come in and, and troubleshoot her setup over and over again. But I know how they think they're going to say, we can't troubleshoot this because you have a non-standard network configuration. I'm like, no, it's not the network doing this. It's your equipment that's all screwed up. Well, sorry, we can't look at it. OK, so I just disconnected the network bridge, which was unfortunate because I really enjoyed having it just automatically bounce between networks wherever the packets float easiest. Yeah, backups are nice if one goes down. But you're right. Every time I've had a problem with Comcast and I haven't had one in a while, I need to pound on something here to make sure that doesn't uh, jinx me. But it was like, uh, can you plug the modem directly into a computer? And it's like, no, there's a router. And then all this. Why would I have to go direct? It's not going to change anything, but they always think it will. So how is summer in Chicago working for you so far? You know, until I see my electric bill, I'm okay. <laughs> because i mean i have a uh, secondary unit now that i'm running up in the bedroom when it gets to be over 90 and that helps the whole house stay cool when it hit like 100 degrees here 
yesterday and then the heat index, whatever, like some crazy 110, 115, whatever it was, it was still like 65 degrees downstairs in the house. So I was fine. Yeah. Until, until you look outside and start melting. Yes. Yeah. That was it. You don't want to go outside. It's bad. And, uh, you know, I'm not complaining. It's Chicago. Here in the Pacific Northwest, we had false summer yesterday. I mean, it's like for one day it was warm. It was, yeah, we got all the way up to 76 outside and it was, or 74, something like that, which is, uh, I know that doesn't, that sounds really freezing to half the people out here who are, you know, dying of heat exhaustion, but it was absolutely the warmest day of the year. We opened all the windows, got to, you know, run some fans. I even, you know, took my shirt off and went the Aloha shirt without an undershirt. You didn't need that visual, but you got it. You're welcome. Horrifying our listeners since 2020. And then I wake up today and it's 62 and raining. Well, that's better. So I, and, and I should have known it was, it was the, it, it was uh Hey, first day of summer, ha 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 fooled you because we know, and this is a meteorological fact that summer in the Pacific Northwest does not start until the 5th of July. Always. Well, yeah. But when you guys get 90 to a hundred degrees, that's like death. Cause you don't have air conditioners. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it was 70. 76 outside it was 76 inside wow how does that work i open windows <laughs> that's it absolutely well, that makes sense so global warming obviously global yes. warming and and speaking of open windows guess what russians can't do these days <laughs> they can't even download windows how can they open them <laughs> which is again this is the most virtue signaling unimaginable like insanity of how is this helping the world by going nope it's going to depress microsoft stock and bill gates won't be able to poison as many people i don't know well first i'm not sure how it helps the world so first mcdonald's stopped poisoning the russians but then some other company just went we could be uh comrade mcdonald's i mean mcdonald's pulling out of russians had the potential to really improve the health of millions of russian people yeah, until somebody else just, like I said, made it comrade McDonald's and used the same ingredients and are making the same food. So I don't know how that helped McDonald's. It would seem like now some Russian company is making money and McDonald's isn't. With Microsoft, all I'm thinking is this is making, if this were actually to have any kind of effect, that it would make the Internet a must, much less safe place to be because you now have machines that aren't getting patched. You have no security updates because of that. And uh, I don't understand how that's a good thing. I, I, you, Unfortunately, I think I have to agree with your assessment there. I was going to say something about how much safer the Internet will be if these people get off of Windows and go install something that doesn't isn't closed source and and open security. You're right. They're just going to keep running their old versions of Windows. And and we know how unsafe it is to be running old versions of Windows that are past their prime. Yeah, which means usually more than like 14 days now because there's well, always yeah. a huge hole found every every patch Tuesday for our, you know, our pleasure. You get a new uh, a new download. And it's just again, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, how is this putting a dagger into the heart of the Russian war effort? It's like it's not. It's not you're you're appealing to the the woke mobs who are really, really screechy and saying, you know, we'll never buy your stuff again unless you do what we want you to. 
which by the way is absolutely hilarious when uh, a group of super vocal activists forces a company to do anything they're like you know the company's like we're making a product that people like no you have to make a product that does this well okay we'll we'll change it and then the company changes it and the activists have moved on they're not users they're not the people buying the product they're just screechy motherfuckers who make a lot of noise and then leave and now you've got a product that nobody wants to buy right well it's very much the same mentality because this is the picture that came into my mind was there was a video i saw out of australia that had a bunch of activists on a two-lane highway i think it was maybe it was a three-lane highway that decided they were going to go sit in the highway to block traffic for whatever their cause was and the drivers Please tell me they got run over. Well, the drivers got out of the cars and just start dragging them off the road. And it's like, yes, that's yeah, what that needs to too. happen. That's yeah. what needs to happen because this is just the kind of insanity. Like, well, because we have a cause, we want you to be inconvenienced. It's like, no, screw you. And this is kind of the same thing here. It's like, well, we have a cause, so we're going to inconvenience all the Russian people who, you know, probably don't really want to be at war with anybody. But now all of a sudden, well, you can't have windows like, huh? I mean, well, it, the, it could backfire because they is, is Apple still I, allowing their stuff. <laughs> I, I am firmly convinced that the Russian people have exactly as much control over what Putin does as you and I have over what Biden does. Yeah. Yeah. Dude can't ride a bike or climb a flight of stairs, but somehow they installed him in the White House. Well, because he wasn't Trump, you see. That was his only qualification yeah, that 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 literally was. It was not. He's not the orange man. Well, look around you, dudes. You're welcome. Uh, by was, the way, I still want reparations from every single fucker who voted for Biden. Yeah. Well, and let's just remember when Biden goes by the wayside, I mean, he may fall off his bike next time and it could go really poorly. Then you got Kamala Harris, who was chosen only because she's got a vagina. And the color of her skin was the proper color to fit in Joe's well, little book. He, uh, yeah, but I mean, he's done that publicly. Well, he, I say, I say he, I don't think Biden can choose the color of his socks these days, but he's done that publicly three times now for vice president, for Supreme Court and for his press secretary. Every time he comes out and says, the only qualification I'm looking at is I want to make sure that it's a person with a particular skin color and gender. Like, because that's you, you don't think being able to do the job has anything? No, not at all. Which is, I mean, we don't need to run fully into the, the story as of yet, but this is where all of these, well, women were getting paid less by, you had a story with Google. I saw a story, Fox News, the same way that there were female employees suing them. Yeah. And this is the whole concept. It's like, well, how do you really know if they were getting paid less because of their gender or because they didn't do the job as well, well as somebody first else. First of all, how do you even know they're getting paid less? Well, yeah, this is uh, the, the, it's okay. illegal to ask anybody. You know, the millennials believe it's illegal to ask somebody what they're making, according to John C. Dvorak on no agenda. Uh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you shouldn't be talking about your salary. Okay. okay. I, I had I had so much rant when Dvorak was saying that I'm just going to bring it out here. Um, it is absolutely not illegal. And to talk about your salary, it's it's when when I was coming up through the corporate ranks, it was considered uh, uncouth. But the people always telling you never, ever tell anyone what you're making was HR. 
Now, why would HR want people to not compare notes about what they're making? Maybe because this person is making 40% more than this person for doing the same job because he's a better negotiator when they hired him. And HR doesn't want them to know that because then everybody who's not making the 40% more is going to demand it. It costs the company more. Of course, HR wants you to keep quiet. They want to be the only ones realizing just how much difference there is. And this has nothing to do with with gender or skin. I like when I was there, there was another white guy who was making wait, there were, the wait. There were two white guys at Microsoft. What a racist bunch they were. Well, not all of them were Indian. Oh, OK. Yeah. Making like 15,000 a year more than I was. And the whole reason was he joined uh, like six months earlier when they were more desperate for employees. And that makes sense. And and that is exactly how hiring works. You you hire people and you negotiate to exactly the, you know, the minimum they're willing to accept, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it, it absolutely pays for HR to say, we don't want you talking about your salary to each other, because if you do, some of you are going to feel like thing, life is unfair. Right. By the way, it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, that's it. And everybody, you're always going to think that you're just as good as the next guy, but that may not be true. The next guy might actually be a little bit better at your job, may have a little bit more experience, whatever it is. There's reasons why, as you said, they may have just been more desperate. They hired somebody at a higher rate and they didn't have to do that by the time the next person came around. I don't think companies should be forced to pay everybody the exact same wage. It doesn't make sense. I mean, Uh, no, I don't think companies should be forced. You know, and these same people, are they not aware that even when you fly in an airline like Southwest, everybody on the plane paid a different rate, more or less? I mean, there's a big swing and you're all getting on the same plane to go, you know, no assigned seating and you're going to the same place. But depending on when you bought it and how long before and maybe they were desperate at the end and needed to fill seats and prices came down. It's like it's it's a game. And that's just a part of this. But of course. You know, if you're a woman that is making less, that has to be the reason. Keep talking. I have a cat fight to break up. (laughs) Wow. Well, this is not even the kind of that most guys are not hearing this. There is some hissing. (laughs) Wow. I mean, no, I mean, this. uh, these are actual cats. This is don't get excited, guys. There's not a cat fight going on. No, not not a lot of pussy slapping going on here. Yeah, you got to be you got to be very uh, we don't want to be sued by anybody for that kind of content. But this is it. it. The fact that you may have a different gender, the fact that, you know, you may be a different age. There's plenty of reasons why people get paid different things. And everybody is responsible for their own damn salary. It's like if you think you deserve more, go and ask for a raise. If they don't give you the raise, you quit. You go somewhere else. You find another company that'll pay you what you think that you're worth. I mean, if somebody else will pay you, go there. That I think is actually a problem that like even my generation, your generation, when we were coming up, when Gen X was coming through, it was the start of something that I've seen become only more and more insidious as as well as socialism moves through, which is the idea that people are just entitled to a job. Right. Uh, you know, Dvorak loves to talk about the you know the same thing, actually, same thing my dad always talked about, which was, uh, yeah, by the time he was 25, he had like eight jobs because. Every time that you know, you you work a job until you're done working it, and then if it starts to suck, you move on, go find another one. 
it's a little harder to find a job. But a part of that is this idea that everybody is, oh, we're entitled to a job. And you hear it in in rhetoric all over the place when people are saying, well, you know, if if I don't get jabbed, I lose my job. If I don't do this, I I'm, can't have a job. Oh, well, I can't get another job because I don't know how to. Well, OK, well, you're not selling yourself and you have no charisma, but that's that something is a you train into people. Yeah. That's right. I mean, this is not a right. Having a job, not a right. What you get in the United States is uh, the ability to pursue happiness. You don't always get it. Not everybody does. There are winners. There are losers. But it's still the best damn system around. And most of us still have a right hand. So it's it's not that impossible. You know, the concept that just because you're a woman, you're being underpaid. So then let's just say there's a company with a lot of really, you know, the women are the best at what they're doing. Well, then I guess guys should be getting raises in those companies because, um, you know, they're not getting paid as much. I mean, it doesn't make sense. This is just it never has made sense to me. It's like the companies should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want. And I mean, I understand you don't want to have a flat out thing that's like, well, everybody's hourly. And but women make five dollars and men make 15. That's not what we're talking about at Google or at Fox news. I'm going to, I'm going to, I love your argument and I wanted to keep this going, but I actually want to walk back at least in terms of the Google one that I brought because I dug into the, uh, the lawsuit that was filed and the, you know, alleged charges against Google. And I'm not convinced that any of this is actually happening. Uh, And uh, so the, the, story is Google paid or agreed to pay $118 million to settle a class action lawsuit that alleges the company underpaid female employees. Uh, the only numbers found are in the plaintiff's filing, which says Google paid women on average 16794 less per year than similarly situated men. Um, I dug in on that filing and the concept of similarly situated men the classes were huge. They included uh, leads and managers at all levels, all bounced into one category. It included everybody who's ever written a line of code in one category. <laughs> um, it, it, the, the, the mathematical precision on this is absolutely atrocious. And I am not convinced that there actually is a gender gap. Uh, there's certainly not one as wide as, as somebody is. Somebody is massaging statistics here. And they turned it into a lawsuit and Google is so fucking woke that they just said, oh, okay, yeah, if you say we're we're putting women down, we believe it because we're white and privileged and therefore need to atone for our existence. And Google just settled. There was no court. There was no there was hardly a judge involved. There was just a bunch of people, woke people came and said, Google, pay us more because we're women. And Google's like, okay, that's the story. I mean, we all know one of Bill. Gates's uh, favorite books is how to lie with statistics. And it seems like somebody used that book. They cherry picked some stats and they were able to come up with these figures and you can kind of make stats say anything you want. And you're right. The wokeness, no doubt a part of this. And it, it happens all the time. This is what happened, at least according to Bill O'Reilly, when he left Fox after these uh, payouts, it was all like, you know, we know it's bullshit, but it's just way easier to pay the millions of dollars than to fight it. And it it is because because lawyers. Right. And this is what happens when that 
you know, and then this is then rolled into, well, obviously, uh, and this is the problem with a lot of this stuff, because now moving forward, it's going to be like, well, you see, Google admitted to paying women less. So now they should be treated differently because they're an unfair company to work for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some somebody with an agenda is going to now come out and, you know, pull up this. And, and use it as a basis for one of their statistics where they say, well, of course, the 70 percent pay ceiling is real. See, Google paid out. Right. <laughs> right. And this is how the world goes to hell. And it makes sense uh, because we've nobody been there for a while. Well, nobody else is looking at this kind of stuff. And I mean, the article you pulled out was out of uh, Ars Technica. And I didn't, yeah. didn't see anywhere in this article, which was. Well, we looked at the data provided and we agree or didn't agree. No, (laughs) No. it's just, oh, they said, they said this, they said this, they paid, boom, story's over. Now, Ars Technica is a, has a hard left bent. And, you know, it's, it's one of the places I go for angry tech news because they, they have a pretty good handle on what is becoming news. And also if I want news that I can ridicule, go to a very ridiculous source of news. It's easy then. Yeah. I mean, you keep uh, half of your stories were from bleeping computer and maybe all of them this time. And I love bleeping computer, but they're technical and they're precise and it's a lot harder to ridicule them. Right. You go to Ars Technica, you could like every paragraph, you can just read the paragraph and be like, this is why these people are stupid. You could almost feel the wokeness dripping off the words. It's a, you know, this is the way it is. It's the new, you're going to be discriminated against no matter what. If you're a woman, you're being screwed, not in the good way. If you have uh, darker skin, you're being screwed. Uh, you have to put your hand out for a yeah. payment. Well, I, I everybody wants a payment. I want a payment. Where's my payment? I mean, we would. I have skin. Somebody pay me. Yeah, yeah. But this is the problem when these companies just give in and say, "Okay, we'll 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 pay out," even though I mean they say it was unfounded. But I mean, again, I don't know how much I trust. Uh, John Brodkin of uh, Ars Technic. I would just like to know what Google, I mean, I would have liked to seen a little bit stronger language from Google saying, you know, we think this is all bullshit, but, uh, you know, it's yeah, just or, easier or to, any kind of fight at all. Yeah. I mean, I imagine if there was a fight, they wouldn't tell us about it because the lawyers all went into a, a dark room and with a calculator was like, well, if we, if we fight this, then we lose some face with our, you know, they, you know, actually, if the lawyers are smart, what they did was they went into a room and they're like, okay, so what is the settlement number we have to reach in order to be less than the total cost of fighting this? And then they calculate the total cost of fighting it, which includes lawyer's fees and, and, and then, and then the other thing that they put on that side of the ledger is also how much money is the company going to lose from the employees, the woke employees deciding not to work for three weeks and protesting instead. Those are the ones you should fire right now. I agree. But Google is Google has been infested and taken over by the woke. It's, you know, that which is the danger, by the way, if you let a few woke employees in, it's it's an infection that will just fester for a while until it metastasizes, takes over your whole company. And Google is gone. Well, and I saw that the uh, Musk thing is one step closer to happening over at Twitter. What do you think is going to happen there? Because we know. There is a big woke culture. Are they going to, are they going to, if on their own accord, are these people going to quit? Is Musk going to fire them? Or is this going to go on for, you know, six months or a year where these people are allowed to stay 
and just trying to work against what Musk wants before they finally all get fired. If I dare to entertain any optimism, the company is going to go under and the whole site will shut down. But then what what rises in the ashes? That's the question. Uh, TikTok. Oh, my Insta. God. Oh, yeah. See, and that's horrible. Those are even worse. Yes, they are. They are worse because. I, uh, but the, but I'm not attached to Twitter like some people, so I'm totally OK with losing it. Yeah, I mean, I'm very unattached. I post, you know, when the shows go live and stuff and when we drop a show. but conversations I, there no i understand that that there is things that go on in twitter that we don't really have anywhere else a, a kind of a public forum type thing and we don't really have any other real replacement i get you know what are you going to do you can go to truth social uh you know somewhere on the fediverse everywhere is biased and twitter at least had enough people on both sides that you you had two two or more biased camps shouting at each other. I, I, I mean, aside from we, we, you know, we can talk about the, the societal detriment of, of anonymous people shouting through a void and getting angry with each other and how divisive that is. But with regards to it's, it's a social platform that everybody in the world can participate in. That's pretty cool. That might be missed, but it's become so corrupted by the people at the top and, you know, the moment that they decided to step in and start doing censorship, the platform is, I don't know how you come back from that. Maybe Elon would be able to bring it back to a platform of free speech, but I'm not convinced that's a possibility. Right. Because you fl- if you flip the switch and say free speech, then you know what comes out is like all the child porn and all the really horrible stuff. And people like, see, you're allowing everything. You can't allow everything. You have to censor something. You know, and as long as you're censoring something, I mean, we may as well censor this, too. Right. I mean, you, I don't look at the federated timeline because of the lolly oh, porn. God, yeah. And you know what? You know what? I'm pretty much. I, I am not coming out and screaming how the whole Fediverse should be shut down because some idiots are are posting lolly porn. The only reason it's in my federated timeline is some of you no agenda social idiots actually like that sort of thing. How about people but, are just responsible for themselves? How about that? Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And you decide what you want to view and what you don't want to view rather than crying about somebody else making a place that's safe for you or your kids. Because, again, spoiler alert. The Internet isn't safe for kids of any age, any size. No, no, but it's now the babysitter de facto for all kids. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. You know, how do you the kid is crying? Well, shut him up. Give him an iPad. Uh Oh, my God. Because nothing bad can happen. I I mean, when when I was a kid and, and I'm not going to necessarily call out my parents for doing this, but let's say there were parents back in the 80s who were like, the kid is crying. Give him a wine cooler. That <laughs> did happen. Jack Daniels. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the people become horrified at the idea of, oh my God, you gave alcohol to a child. But you know what? If you give an iPad to your child and let them on the internet, I'm going to say that's worse than the alcohol. Yeah, probably, probably more detrimental. The alcohol, they'll learn pretty quick that if they, uh, if they imbibe a little too much, there are consequences. Well, they're like a normal kid. They're going to throw up the first time. And, you know, that that was the way that, well, that was the way my parents tried to get me to not like alcohol was they gave me some and like, oh, this is terrible. And I didn't didn't drink beer for another 10 years. And then you were like, 
Hey, wait a minute. This was a little, little hooked on champagne and box wine, but <laughs> that was, that's better. It's a higher class of, uh, yes, of alcohol. yes. Wine from the cardboard with the plastic bladder in it. Yeah. That's it's yummy juice. Well, you saw the, uh, <laughs> maybe you didn't. There was a story now that finally together in a can Coca-Cola and Jack Daniels, the drink you've liked for years now available I in your grocery stores. That they are not going to get it the way that I like it. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit heavier on the Jack and a little lighter on the Coke. Well, my mine would be yes. Like 80% As far Jack. as I'm concerned, the only way to make a Jack and Coke is Jack on the rocks with a splash of Coke. Right. And Just, I guarantee that's not what they're putting in the can. No. Not least because I don't think that can is going to have uh, ice in it when you pop it open. And there is nothing worse than a warm Jack and Coke. Just imagine the kids, though, bringing these to school with their lunch because it looks like a Coke. Ooh, you know, the little tykes might actually shut up for once. <laughs> Be like, hey, what's going on, man? Hey, teach, yeah. what's going on? Be, Be quiet. Daddy's trying to podcast. Right. Here's a Jack and Coke. Go get yourself something out of the fridge. It works. But, you yes. know, NetNet also have, brings up a very good point, and that is that they probably aren't putting lime in the Jack and Coke, which makes it about 10 times better. Oh, that's true. I, yeah, I don't know why you would put lime in a Jack and Coke. Although this people fucking fantastic. Do you put a do you put a lime in your uh, in your Mexican beer? The I put uh, a lime in the coconut and drink it all up. Ooh, that is a good uh, that we may have already expired some copyrights there. Or not expired. We have uh, exploited. That's fine. Copyrights should only last for five years anyway. I've heard that. I mean, as far as the Google thing, there was a story that I had that overlaps in the fact that uh, the Brave browser search. It's coming out of beta, which I think is good. Nice. How many years has Brave been around now? Brave? Well, with people actually using it, probably like two or three, it seems. I know they've been around I, for a while, but it, I think the longest beta ever was Gmail, which was like 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still trying to get it right. But I don't think they're ever going to. In the it's Google. In the last year, a 5,000% growth says Brave. And I think a lot of this came... When uh, when DuckDuckGo decided they were going to start censoring the Russian stories. Yes. A lot of people went and I, that's when I switched. I went from DuckDuckGo in my Brave browser. I'm like, well, let me try the Brave search. And I think a lot of other people did the same thing and it, it works pretty damn well. Yeah. I, you know, I had been a big proponent of DuckDuckGo for quite a while because it was it was the place I went when I finally abandoned Bing and, and all the Google-ish things. And yeah, the moment that the, you not only did somebody come out and say, oh yeah, we noticed that they're censoring, but then the, the head of the company comes out and says, fuck yeah, we're censoring. That's because Ukraine deserves it or whatever. I'm like, okay, if that's the attitude, we can't trust any results that you ever give us again. No. And I, I wonder, I don't have any information and I don't know if I've looked for an article. But I wonder what that did to their market share. I'm assuming it went down because I would uh, like to think so in a just world. It makes sense then why Brave was going up because I would think DuckDuckGo was one of the bigger ones losing at that particular juncture just over the last year. But none of these are perfect. I get that. There's always going to be and you have to really you know, look in everything that's being used and where they're pulling the data from. I mean, I was. So not- do you use brave search as your daily search now? Yes. Okay. And there are I still times- bounce between, between quant start page and, and brave. 
I use start page when doing art for the no agenda show. That is my favorite image search um, because it, well, makes it easy to download the images, right? Without Google, you know, it's, it's, it's Google without Google analytics or any of the tracking, which is a beautiful part of it. But I have noticed a few times and it's an interesting concept with brave where they give you their results. And if there's not a whole lot of results, they're like, would you like to enable a Google fallback? So like, it's okay. We, we suck with this one, but we'll give you an opportunity yeah. to dip your toes into Google. And I'm like, uh, no, but maybe I, I mean, we did that back when, when we were, uh, when I was working on, it wasn't Bing at the time it was live search, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, would you like to fall back to one of our competitors because right. we don't have results for this search? We kind of suck. So we think maybe you would like to try. Actually, this. we didn't, we didn't ask. We just went and got their results and, <laughs> and mixed them in. Well, that's even better. Makes your results way, way, way better. I mean, we had, a, we had an agreement with them, but. <laughs> well, which is nice. There's, well, there's paying going on, which is still the thing that amazes me that a lot of people don't understand. Things like, oh, well, why does the, uh, you know, the Mozilla browser and then turned into the Firefox browser, you know, why does that come with Google as a default search engine? Because every time you do a search, they're getting paid because they're yeah. cutting them in. It's it's amazing how many like, I don't understand why this happens because money changed hands uh-huh. because <laughs> money. That's usually the answer Because money. I actually do. I didn't, I didn't throw it at you, uh, but I have a Firefox story that uh, I just, are you familiar with manifest V3? I am not. This is, this is coming to a head. Uh, I covered the manifest V2 versus V3 in, in an angry tech news. The, the reason why it's a big deal is ad blocking. And uh, so you can kind of understand how things are going. Uh, So for a very long time, um, the browser interface to extensions or plugins or whatever they're called has been uh, a manifest V2 in Chrome, which is uh, just an API in Chrome that all extensions can use. And one of the APIs in the V2 version of it is called web request. And what web request does is an extension can subscribe to this API And when the user tries to load a page, it halts the page until the extension has a chance to sift through the request, modify it, send it back, and then the browser goes and finishes loading, which is what you want if you are, say, a list-based ad blocker. You're going to say, okay, not loading this one, not loading this one, not loading this one. Okay, this one's okay. Okay, you're good. And the V3 version, which Google has been pushing very, very, very hard, and in fact, Google, who are kind of the de facto owners of the W3C have been pushing the V3 manifest out to become a web standard. It doesn't have web request. It doesn't have any blocking APIs. And they say that this is for speed because you're not blocking a page, which is bullshit because I tell you what, pages without ads load a lot faster. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that they say it's for security because if you accidentally download and install a malicious extension, then this web request API can rewrite the page and fish you. I'm like, that's a pretty big if. You, uh, are, you, are you telling us that the Chrome Web Store has malicious extensions on it? Because I saw something listed on that page that said that they were all checked for security. 
very carefully, but not the updates often were not checked for yeah, security. Yeah, but they're not. So the web request, the, the manifest V3 API is something that Google has been pushing really, really, really hard. And their public story is, well, we don't want extensions to have the ability to rewrite web pages because malicious extensions might fish you. And that's an interesting note. The fact that it completely destroys all ad blocking wouldn't have anything to do with it, advertising company, would it? Well, and there are now, so many of the extensions. That's what, you know, most of what they do is rewrite something on the web page. You know, including yeah. the ones where it is a, uh, you know, an open, there's stylish. There's a few different ones that I've messed around with. Monkey, something or other way back when. Uh, well, to be clear, there is still means for an extension to rewrite things on the web page. After the page has been loaded by the browser, the extensions are given an opportunity to modify the DOM. Uh, the the document object model, not the dominatrix. <laughs> so this is, really is just all about ads. So the difference is that web request happens before the request to the ad server. So ad blockers in future versions of Chrome, because Chrome is, is only a few versions away from dropping full support for the V2 version. Ad blockers in Chrome are the browser will load all of the ads, all of the script, all of the crap that the websites have put on there. And then your ad blocker will go through and hide any ad elements that you don't want to see, but you've already blown the bandwidth. You've already made the page load slower from loading ads. You've already sent all the trackers. Oh, well, you just don't the, see them. Right. Well, then and Google that, still gets paid for their ad and Google still gets paid for the ad view. <laughs> so, so what a surprise that Google would be pushing this so hard. Yeah. This is where you start coming into a, a conflict of interest. When, so the uh, big split going on is uh, that very recently Mozilla announced or made clear that Firefox, although Firefox will be supporting Manifest V3 because it's becoming <laughs> a web standard. Thanks, Google. Yeah. Is that Firefox will continue supporting a subset of Manifest V2, including web request, which means that in a few versions, whenever Google finally decides to shut off the V2 support entirely, Chrome will not support real ad blocking and Firefox will. So what's that going to do to the market? I would uh, venture a guess that there will be a very big switch back, which is interesting for the browsers like brave who are based on the Chrome engine. Do they, do they switch a roo and, uh, you know, and drop that engine and go back to the Mozilla engine then to be honest for the, First few versions, I expect there will be somebody going in, you know, because Chrome is Chromium engine is open source. So right. You can go. There will be people going in and, and trying to rewrite bits to to put that API back in. And then for at least a few versions, Brave and, and Chromium and, uh, you know, all the Chrome based browsers will probably all just copy that guy's code. So God help us if there's any security bugs in it. But whoever does that will for at least a few versions it'll still be supported in the browsers that have gone in and, and modified the the google code to be more friendly but eventually google is going to change something in the underlying architecture that just makes it not worth it and at that point yeah i think i i hope that all of the browsers that that care about security and want people to use them for privacy i hope those browsers have found an engine that isn't chrome 
Yeah. And it's interesting watching this because as somebody who puts out content, somebody who has done websites for years, you understand that for a lot of those folks, the only way to get paid is to put ads on the website. You know, podcasting for value, bitch. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I know Brave has been trying to do that with like the micro payments. Like every time you go to a site, maybe you throw, you know, a penny their way or something like that to show some value back, which that is we are still using Brave coins or something, something like that. I've never tried that. I've never really uh, gotten into that, but it's an interesting concept for the sites that you go to all the time to be able to support them without the ads because i've noticed websites are getting a lot more in your face if you're using any kind of web uh, ad blocker and some of them will just flat out refuse to render and those are the sites that i just shut off yeah. and never go back yeah. to i was gonna say you know first of all you're still operating with javascript and there are a lot of javascript hacks that that can detect ad blocking and and then try to work around them or make your life a pain in the ass. Without JavaScript, there's a lot of sites that people are like, oh, I hate this site because they're so aggressive. And I'm like, really? Because it just loaded all the content for me. You're like, no problem. Well, but, I noticed uh, there was uh, one of the stories that you had and I was like, well, let me uh, go turn scripts off in Firefox, which is easy to do. And then I'm like, oh, wait, look, there's a, uh, what do you call it? The reader little icon there so you can just open it up in reader mode and none of those seem to be blocked so that's always good if there's a reader version of the page oh yeah well yeah back in the day it used to be go get the print version the right. uh, print ready or whatever same kind of a concept there's lots yeah. of ways around it but it's it's annoying sites yeah. like uh, nascars.com which is it's interesting to me because i don't know why this is promotion for a sport where people can spend money in a whole sort of different ways you know they buy tickets to the races they buy your merchandise all of this so i don't know why you have to be nickel and dimer for people coming to your website because theirs is one of them and i've seen this on a ton of different sites where it pops up and it shames you but it gives you the option to just shut that thing off and say no i'm going to continue without turning off my ad blocker and that's what i do yeah but it's like i don't understand that concept of trying to shame fans of your sport because they're on your website with an ad blocker because they don't have any technical means of wringing more money out of the ad blockers right they keep trying you know the the please please turn off your ad blocker it's the only way we get paid well then your business model sucks and it's not my responsibility to hold up your failing business model i like your services but you know what i don't like them enough to subject myself to psychological torture just because you want to get paid a few pennies yeah there's always piracy or somebody doing the same thing for free there's a combo the other thing the other thing i was going to say about running without no javascript is i run into the same problem with you as you do but with different pages often which is there's a whole lot of pages out there that just straight they they render through scripts right Uh, you know anybody who codes in react i i understand there's a lot of people out there who are very proud of their, you know, their front end developers and they build these amazing sites and everything. I'm sorry. If you code in a framework that relies on scripts in order to do basic content rendering, then fuck you. Not least because it doesn't display on my browser, but also because downloading all the content or even worse, having to make secondary and tertiary web requests 
after the page is downloaded to get the content via some Ajax or something slows down the page. You know what's really fucking fast? HTML. Yeah. Give me HTML, CSS. Don't don't hold back all your content and then go make a bunch of database requests after I've already, you know, you're just making me go get a fucking cup of coffee while I wait for your fucking page. The, you're, you're the reason the web is slow, but if you can do it in a text file, do it in a text file. Often different sites, but yeah, I come to exactly the same conclusion as you do, which is that if the page is that determined not to work, then fuck it. Uh, there, there's other, you know, I run into this all the damn time while doing research for this show and for ATN, where there's a few news sites out there that just straight don't render worth a crap if you don't have scripts on or don't render worth a crap if you block ads. And you're like, OK, well, this story is at any given time going to be available at 37 other sites. So see ya. And this now you understand why a lot of these places are mad when somebody posts an article like this to Facebook because it's, Oh, you're taking people away from clicking on our site and getting us an ad. Well, I'm mad when somebody posts a link to Facebook for a different reason Well, on Facebook. Yeah. Just stay off of Facebook. It's bad. Well, that's where the old folks are there. Now, is there anybody under like 50 on uh, Facebook? I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really thinking there are. I don't think you know, my wife is not a day over 49. See, there you go. But close to that, uh, the Facebook route. It's not where the youngsters are at. Anybody that says youngsters has to, has to be old too. I'm pretty sure that uh, those youngins, I don't know, they're onto TikToks. They're doing crazy stuff. Yeah, they're they're onto even less secure networks. Oh my god! And this is something that just popped up again. Um, you know, TikTok is turning an entire generation into ADD. Sorry, oh, go on. Oh, no kidding! This concept that you can make little 15, 20 second videos, whatever a majority of these things are. And just have somebody sit in front of the app and go from video to video to video, seeing like three a minute with, I don't know how many ads they interdisperse into that or intersperse, not interdisperse, or it's one of those. Oh, yeah. yeah language. Well, it's not just TikTok. Yeah. Well, this is it. And this is where their money comes from. And I get that, but it is quite bad for the folks with the attention deficit disorders. This is really bad for people that have any kind of self-worth issues it is a very negative rabbit hole to go down but even beyond all of that which is it's horrible for you the user but we're seeing more and more and this is something we warned about right when tiktok was becoming popular is that it does seem that the uh, republic of china is still uh, accessing a lot of this data which no kidding yeah no really can you believe it an authoritarian government who has demonstrated their willingness to stick their fingers into the database of every single company that has a presence in China, sticking their fingers into the database of a company from China. And say it ain't so. And let's remember the kind of data these things can actually collect about you. It's not like, oh, so little Jenny posted a video so they could see that big deal. It's like, no, little Jenny's got the app on her phone, which means TikTok at any time can probably see where she is, where she's been for the last 20 days, what, you know, who's on her contacts list, who, you know, there's a lot of information that a a lot of people always don't remember or don't know that when an app is installed on your phone, it's not collecting data just when the app is running. Right. It's got hooks all through the system. Every time anything interesting happens on your phone, 
every app that is installed has an opportunity to record that event and send it off to their database. And you have to know what permissions they are requesting. I mean, we have for the car that I never really drive the state farm version of this. And after I get it set up, I uninstall it because you go through this app and it's like, well, we need you to have a Bluetooth on. No, I really don't want Bluetooth on all the time because, I mean, the concept that maybe I would just have to turn Bluetooth on when I'm in the car, if I want to take part in this, fine. But Bluetooth on all the time when I'm not driving. No, not doing that. And it's like, we need your uh, location services on all the time. No, no, (laughs) not doing that. (laughs) And the other thing now is the uh, the uh, sensors in the phone that detect movement and all that. We need access to that. No, no. So now I just set it up. And then just delete the whole thing. Yeah, that app sounds terrible. It is. And I I spent enough years working with Windows to, I understand that on Android, it's a lot cleaner, but I don't trust uninstall either. I'm like, how how do I know the app didn't leave something in the system? So uh, in the few times when I've actually had to go download and install an app for something, I don't even put it on my phone. I put it on the Android emulator on my desktop. Nice. And and I've, there was one time when it said, we detect you're using an emulator, you know, please don't. And I'm like, well, then, yeah, fuck you. I don't need that app. But most of them, it's like, oh, we, we require you to have Bluetooth. Okay, Bluetooth emulation. There are no devices nearby. We require you to have location. Okay, emulate location. I'm at the North Pole. Good. <laughs> I'm driving really well on the ice. <laughs> it's perfect. Nothing to worry about. I mean, the, the one thing I'll say, at least for... Our State Farm rep, I don't know if this is all of them, but because of the fact that the device just goes off, like every six months or so, they'll email like, yeah, we need your odometer reading. And you give them that and it's fine. And it keeps going on. They just want to know how many miles the car has been driven. Oh, car insurance. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, so that's it because it's like, well, you know, your your little app isn't pointing. (laughs) The app's gone dark. Just give us this information. We'll keep you on the plan, which is okay. But for the, and I don't know if there's a better solution for this on the windows or other platform base but i've been playing around with the revo uninstaller and i'm sure there are a bunch of these if anybody has a great open source version of this that i should be looking at let me know but i like what this does is this is really good too if you're like um looking at pirated software to see maybe what it's doing this is a good way that when you install the program, you open up this uninstaller app program. God, I shouldn't, I hate when I call programs on a desktop machine. An Everybody app. does these days. I've caught myself doing it. I know I it's horrible for it, but you, you go into that and then you install while this watches what it does. And this keeps a log of everything that installer does. So even if their yes. uninstaller doesn't take out every last bit, this does. Yeah, not not the first app of that type. I used to use something that did that back in the 90s, I think. Yeah, and it's like but, if there's a good yeah, one out there, I would love yeah. to know. I, I, yeah, I don't know what's available now, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to go install the one from 1993 anymore or whatever it is. <laughs> Could but blow everything up. I, yeah, you know, I bet it worked really damn well on Windows 95. Yeah, but it was a great idea. But, like, we're seeing exactly what's going on yeah. here, and if something is being changed or something's being messed and, with, you know. Just to be aware, um, you know, the, the way these things work is that they hook into several points in the operating system so that they can watch the installer 
right. find out everything that it did for the purpose of being able to undo whatever the installer did, which is good considering that, you know, MSI based installs are designed that you have to the the developer has to put a lot of extra effort in to make sure that they don't or that they uninstall everything they installed and nobody ever does. Right. Cause they so don't like, care. You're make, uninstalling. They just care that yeah. program works. Yeah. They're uninstalling. So most of the uninstall is okay. Run default uninstall, which deletes the, the automatically created registry key and deletes the binaries. And then it leaves all the files and it leaves any ancillary keys and it leaves the, you know, it's half the time it leaves file associations. You don't want that. So, but the one warning I would give you about this is make absolutely damn sure when you run something like that, that it's something you trust. Right. Because how do you watch the entire system and see what it does? Well, you have to have hooks into the entire system. What else has hooks into the entire system to watch everything that happens? We call that malware. Yep. So I get it. You don't want to pirate your <laughs> that particular no. software. I mean, I've always... I've always shook my head even, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago when the antivirus would be on the pirate sites. I'm like, I, I don't understand. I, <laughs> I just I just don't. I don't understand that. And antivirus is so damn cheap. Now, I know everybody's got their favorites or thinks you don't need it. The, you know, Bitdefender, I have never had a problem with. It doesn't feel like bloatware. They've added a bunch of crap, but it doesn't seem to slow down my system at all. And it's cheap. It was like for 10 machines for a year, it was like 35 bucks. You know, it's it's nothing compared to uh, getting a machine pwned and filled with yeah. uh, crap. Yeah. When when you'd like if you balk at the idea of spending money on your security software, just compare it to how much it's going to cost when you get all your data locked by a ransomware bot. Yes. <laughs> Please send us Bitcoin. <laughs> Which is exactly why there was a, another yes. article on Fox that more Americans. Oh, I are, thought you were transitioning to the donation segment. I'm like, yes, please send us Bitcoin. <laughs> we, we would like to, for people to send Bitcoin. There's no question about that. But uh, Fox says more Americans buying and spending crypto leading to a big spike in crypto crime. It's like, I don't think it has any real. Uh, I mean, there's a connection because if you don't have crypto, somebody can't steal it. But I think. <laughs> I think people are just that is the best security. Yes. Have <laughs> if zero. you have nothing, you can't be robbed. Right. Well, that's what the Democrats, that's what the socialists say. If you have nothing, nobody can steal from you. That's what we're trying well, to get you. No, to. that's not true. The government will still find a way. That's true. There's always a where there's a will. There's a way. But these crypto scams are uh, interesting. And I know one of the uh, you know, there's the other side of this, too, which is crypto is now worth so little compared to what it was a year ago that it's making the mining of it uh questionable but you know it's it's an interesting um sector to look at because we talked about this a couple of years ago and i'm still in the same mindset which is it's las vegas you can make a lot of money you can lose all of your money which one of those things is going to happen still not sure there's there's still too many moving parts in all of this, but as more and more people get into the crypto, even in the small ways, which we've been pushing the podcasting 2.0 stuff, it's great that people can stream Satoshis and Boostergrams and stuff while podcasts are uh, they're listening to podcasts or they're live. But once you have any money, 
into a wallet in this digital format, that means people are looking to take that. Even if you don't think it's a lot of money, if they could steal 20 bucks from everybody on the Internet, you're doing okay. Oh, yeah. I don't always bring it into the show, but when when I'm researching for Angry Tech News, I find a story every single week about, uh, you know, this organization got all of their Bitcoin stolen. This celebrity got his board ape stolen. This, you know, hey, hey, look at how, you know, you can get your stuff stolen here. Here's a hardware wallet that stole all your stuff. It, every right. single every, every few days, there's a new threat out there. And cryptocurrency is the wild west of currency. We we're finally going back. Uh, I mean, almost literal wild west, you know, in the the 1870s in when you were a hundred miles away from the nearest law officer, if somebody said, you know, give me all your gold or I'll shoot, then your gold is gone. You're not getting it back. You're not. And that's kind of how crypto is. There's no FDIC. There's no guarantees. There's nobody who's going to sit here and go, Oh, I'm sorry. You, you got caught out and you lost everything, but that's okay. Cause we'll just make sure that they give it back. Right. Well, that's the game of a chicken that you're playing. And when, as I had a virus on this system that when I went to load the hardware wallet software, it was like, Oh yeah, we need that update. I talked about it on the last show that we need an update. So give us that 24 words that we gave you that we told you never to yeah. get anybody. And it was like, Nope. Not going to do that. Wasn't that the same virus that was was constantly scanning your clipboard to see if you had wallet credentials in it? It, it was so every it half hour. Them? Every half hour, it was trying to download that script. We I had never gotten to the point to where it downloaded the script because the antivirus did keep that from happening. But to be fair, the antivirus never saw the thing changing the uh, ledger wallet. So there's that. None of this stuff's a hundred percent. That's for sure. But. If somebody can get your crypto, you're right. It's absolutely gone and they can snatch it from you from wherever they are in the world. So if they can do it, if that's why um, with things like the ledger wallet, it's a built in safety mechanism. This 24 words, people who don't know when you set up a new wallet with this company and they sell little hardware USB things, you have a 24 word list that only you have and if you lose your, you device, and your clipboard right you don't put it on your clipboard if you lose your device you can buy another device from them and use those 24 words to get access back to the keys that you lost now yes. the problem the is coins. right anybody that can get those 24 words from you can now they can do the same thing steal your account right they're like well no let me refresh i got this new machine and once yep. they do that they transfer yep. all of your money out to their account yeah i got i got a new machine and oh by the way i live in new zealand now yes if you're lucky <laughs> if it's not in uh uh where are all the pirates from uh the somalia somali pirates that's uh we're we're from somalia don't worry uh we're we're not we're not committing any uh, yeah. frauds here. Though. That's almost as scary as, as we're from Washington, D.C. We're not committing any fraud. We're here to help. Yeah, no, I'd rather <laughs> the Somali pirates way more honorable, more trustworthy and yeah, honorable. Yeah. Than the Washington, D.C. <laughs> and less greedy. Yeah, this is also true. They just, they don't need all your money. They'll just take 90 percent of it and they'll be happy. Yeah, they'll, they'll leave you the clothes on your back. If Yeah, if they're nice. 
if they're nice, but this is, you know, the crypto thing. Yeah. You could possibly lose all your money and nobody's can help you. It's not like when your credit card is stolen, then you're only responsible for like 50 bucks with your debit card. You're only responsible for like nothing to 50 bucks. As long as you report it in a uh, small enough time period and the crypto, not so much. You can find out that somebody just took a million dollars in crypto 30 seconds ago and you go to who? Nobody. (laughs) It's gone. Yeah. They're like, oh, who are you going to, um, hey, Mr. Bitcoin, uh, committee, can you guys give me my coins back? Yeah. Could you please take that back? Just like hack into one of those uh, wallets that have been sitting there with nobody touching for years and years. Big Chinese Bitcoin miner. Can you please rewrite the blockchain so the the money is mine again. It is an interesting concept now with Ethereum, especially because that was the one a year or so ago that I was running just two desktop Dell machines and making about, I think it was like 75 bucks in Ethereum every month. And we were figuring the electricity for doing that was in maybe like 20 or 30 bucks. So it was making like 50 bucks around per month to run the two machines mainly just overnight but that was when ethereum was quite a bit i think it was like 23 to 2500 at the time it went up to like 4000 and today it's like uh um like a thousand i think this crashing is having a uh a dramatic effect on the how much electricity you have to use in order to get x amount of coin and it's turning into a losing battle for a lot of these coins. Yeah, today, Ethereum uh, I, right now, $1,080. And just to be clear, it's not just the dropping price of coins that's making it not worth it. Oh, the electric uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how it is where you are, but uh, our local PUD has increased the co- the price of electricity per kilowatt. Uh, three times in the last 12 months. Damn, I haven't even noticed that. But uh, if not, we're now, admittedly, it. we started with super cheap power because it's all hydro around here. But it's it's been inching up. I think we started at nine cents a kilowatt hour, which is crazy cheap. And they've been bumping it and bumping it. Now, I think it's 13 or 14 or, I, you know, my numbers are probably completely wrong. What I do know is. Our year over year increase in power bill just for the amount of power we normally use. And we don't run air conditioning. We don't run heat. We don't run it is has gone up 30, 40%. That is crazy. Uh, but and, with, with the Ethereum, yeah. it was at a high within this last year of 4,800. It's down to 1,080. So uh, for everybody that wanted you to buy high, if you bought high you're not not real happy about it Uh, there trust me there are plenty of people out there who do buy high yes and and thanks to uh net ned boost 3333 just says ben boosts that's uh Uh, this is the joy of the streaming satoshis that uh sooner or later will just be like funny money won't be worth anything it'll just be like little numbers that's all it's like how much is that you looked at how much a satoshi is worth like nothing like nothing that was now, why you know it was like uh for a while thirty three thousand were worth about 10 bucks now i think it's worth about five i mean it's yeah what's going with bitcoin obviously that, so 10 years ago i looked at bitcoin and i'm like it's a scam it's beanie babies nobody's going to use that and i very much regret that i didn't get in at the time 
Uh, and then get nowadays, out of the top. I'm I'm looking at this crash, and and yeah, this one. Uh, anybody who said, "Oh, Bitcoin is completely immune to what the the economic markets are doing," is now getting schooled in how economics actually works. But Bitcoin is held up by the number of people who believe that it has value, and that is a hard number to move. And so, I absolutely believe it'll bounce back. It's just. It's going to track the market for a little while. And, and until we get rid of Biden, the market is not going to be doing well. Right. And people are looking to put money into weird things. Collectibles and stuff seem to be going up because people are looking for something. Well, a lot of people are putting money into NFTs. So well, not everybody understands <laughs> smart investing. Right. No, do not buy NFTs. Do not buy. I mean, speaking of scam, that is the epitome of a scam right there and i i still don't understand the concept because i knew rarible kind of sucked i did one nft and it, it can't even sell for anywhere near what i paid to mint it but well, that's because you didn't have an ai create cartoon apes i know now csb has been doing some nfts over on open seas which is a different um you know a different marketplace for these things and it, it must be fairly cheap to mint which is a lot better because then at least you're not on the hook for that but he's selling stuff for like five bucks and i'm like oh cool i'll I'll support him i think that's fun and i put 30 bucks in my wallet and went to buy it and it's like not enough you didn't have enough for the gas fees right so it's like okay a five (laughs) dollar nft and you want more than 25 bucks in gas fees it's like fuck that no thank you it's a scam well, that's why a lot of NFTs have started moving to altcoins because Ethereum has been so clogged up. Yes, you need to put this on a chain that is not going to cost an arm and a leg for uh, people to play the game. I mean, I like the technology. I think it's cool. I like the idea of attaching a physical object to an NFT because that gives you the opportunity then to be able to sell that amongst people without them ever having to take physical possession of it. I've saw on eBay the other day and then with another auction site that I was doing a little research on that they will vault your valuables for you. So, you know, if you have a a Michael Jordan rookie card or something and you can put that in their vault, And of course, the auction company wants to do that because they want to sell it for you. eBay does it because they want to be able to sell it for you. But the beautiful this is a service that that branch banks have been doing for a very long time. Well, it makes sense. Everybody started moving their banking online only. Right. I mean, it makes sense. But it's like, okay, I can give this card to eBay and then I can sell it. Now, the person that buys that card, they can say, okay, eBay send it to me if they really want to put it in their hands but sitting at ebay's vault which allegedly is guarded and climate controlled and all that if they're just saying hey i want to buy this card because i think in you know a year or five years i'll be able to sell it for more they never even have to touch the card now i can see doing that with an nft which is like okay i'm going to tie the nft to this physical object whoever owns the nft is the only one that has the ability for the physical object to be released and sent to them that makes a lot of sense for artwork that is just the NFT, that it's just digital. On No, screw that scam. I, it, right click, save as. Yes. 
Right. You can do that anyway. It's not like other people can't. You, you can't right click save as a physical object. Well, you but, could, but I mean, it might not work. It may well, not. Yeah, you might scratch it with your clicking. It may not work as well, but I'm, I'm digging. I, I believe that these vaults are at least as safe as your Coinbase wallet. No, I, yeah, that's probably true. That is probably true, but uh, maybe more so. I mean, it all depends, really. The, the problem is if the actual physical vault burns down, then uh, you never know. You never know. But uh, see, this is why you make it out of something like metal or concrete or something that doesn't burn. Right. You got. Well, that's what you need. A big fire safe. A big fire safe maybe is uh, is the way to go. But the technology, the last episode of Grumpy Old Ben's has a transcript. What? Yes, there's a transcript for it. I don't want there to be any record of all of the crazy <laughs> shit I say. And it worked fairly well. Certainly not a searchable one. <laughs> it's like, this is amazing stuff, isn't it? This is great. This is the future. And I noticed today, this is the first time I recorded my episode of Random Thoughts. And I normally open up the Sir Bembrose chapter app and then open up the MP3 of the show in VLC and run it at like two and a half to three times speed in order to figure out what kind of chapters to throw. And you know that VLC's timestamps aren't terribly reliable when you're running at two X speed, right? Yeah, it's horrible. But what I realized today was we're going to put, we're going to drop people when they skip chapter, we're going to drop them somewhere in the same podcast as the chapter they're supposed to be in it's close enough for rock and roll nobody's ever complained i don't know if anybody actually uses chapters on these kind of podcasts i mean it's a nice feature to have if you want to go back to something this will at least put you in the general area but the transcripts will do that even better because you could say oh remember when he said booga 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 well then it's easy you look that up and you can find it yeah, but, it makes it a lot harder to gaslight people about what I said. Why are you doing this yes, to me? I thought it was technology. It would bring more people in. We can talk about it. It's a tech subject. You're just you're just trying to pander to all of the deaf podcast listeners category. We do. We like the deaf podcasters. We like podcasting 2.0. We're trying to lead a revolution here. And I will say doing the chapters for random thoughts way quicker when I can just open up the because you go in the uh, I make them in premiere so it makes a transcript of the whole show and then you make it into closed captioning which is how it works then for most of the podcasting apps it will actually keep up on the screen as you're saying it like that's what pops up like a closed captioning would for a television and the beauty of this is I can just scroll through the text and there are timestamps so doing the chapters boom 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 made it way easier to do the chapters just doing it with, with the text rather than listening back to it so i highly recommend that so you, if you have adobe just use premiere get your transcript make it into your uh, closed captioning then open up the sir bemrose chapter apps throw your chapters in boom you now have a podcast with chapters and a transcript and you're ready to rock and roll Podcast features are fun. Yeah, but they're not making us any money yet. No. Phone boy says clearly Darano and Sir Bemrose missed each other. Screw you, phone boy. With every shot so far. Yeah, we just, it's, it's, we're, we're quite far apart, though. I mean, if they would yeah. bring us closer together, I mean, we, I do, we're trying to buy you need missiles. quite the scope. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm buying missiles from Uncle Vlad. They're still not making it all the way. I don't know. Maybe okay. Need- well, if if we're breaking the flow of of the show and responding to trolls, um, <laughs> did you happen oh, to boy. spot CSB has come back and started making comics about us again? Yes, I enjoy that. <laughs> I, I think CSB at his website, which uh, is L, what CSB dot LOL. It's beautiful. I know CSB is is very much a, a Darren fan because uh you know the the very it was this last gob that we did a couple weeks ago was the first time that he had ever made a donation to my node so that's how i the one way that i know and i don't think he ever stopped making comics of you but um yeah it's it's weird i was completely invisible to him for months well you may have him blocked i mean that's possible he doesn't like being blocked well that does happen i don't think i've ever blocked anyone well, you can mute them. CSB is very clear. Muting is okay, but blocking is a form of aggression. Well, that, that was my position. Which is why you blocked. I don't block. Well, I don't block. I, I barely ever mute. I, I think I only mute bots and automated accounts. I just like, I have the ability to see something scroll by and not engage with it, which is, I know it's uncommon on the, in the internet era, but, um, yeah, I, I, I have I ever given, I don't know if I've given my rant on this show, but I've definitely given rant about how blocking is absolutely unfucking necessary and contributing to the incivility of the internet when muting is, does exactly the same thing without being vindictive about it. Yeah, I believe so. And I understand it, but sometimes blocking just feels so good. Okay, Dvorak. <laughs> That's exactly what you want though from the other side which is and i don't know why it is maybe somebody that has a psychology degree can explain it to me because you're right it's doing the same thing for you which is if you block somebody or you mute them same thing for you you don't see anything else they ever say again same thing you have no problem nothing different for you the only difference is when you mute somebody they could be going on daily telling you you're a dirty, rotten so-and-so, and yeah. they don't know that you can't see it. And and how does that affect you in either any way? It doesn't. But <laughs> exactly. But there's a warm, fuzzy feeling when you know yeah. the other person's going to get the message. I'm sorry. Yeah. You've why, been blocked. Why defuse a situation when you can escalate? Right. <laughs> Come on. You know that's fun sometimes. That's part of the fun. Well, no, I like fucking with people, but I don't like escalating anger when there's no point. For some, you know, I think it's the only way to, for like Dvorak and Curry, I get it because it gets a message across. Although, but they, they block each other. Well, yes, that during the week, that's very helpful. But I think when they block, and I know who he was referring to, Dvorak in the other show the other day was our, our buddy, Sir Saturday, that he was talking about blocking. And, uh, You know, I think the problem is if you block somebody on Twitter, they still have your email. So then you're going to have to block them multiple times because, you know, they're going to go into the email and be like, oh, what'd you block me for? Why are you hating? (laughs) And then it's a whole thing. You sound exactly like every Twitter user. (laughs) Right. Thank you. I've been practicing that. (laughs) So, I mean, there is something to be said for that. And I understand that the mute works just as well. CSB's right. You're absolutely right. But if you just really want to stick it to somebody, it's like, well, I'm going to show you that I'm muting you by blocking you. And uh, I mean, I guess the only other part is 
that when you block somebody, I mean, technically they can't read your content if they're logged in, but it's really not hard to get around that. Of course they can. Right. Like you, you, you log in and alt right. or you log out or you block cookies or you, you know, you turn off JavaScript and that way, you know, Twitter doesn't load at all and you can go do something productive with your time. That's when all the magic happens. Well, yeah. When you're not on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> you just avoid social media. I mean, I'm all for that. Phoenix says, uh, you and I are their favorite new power couple. And I don't know. Um, yeah, well, the power is getting more expensive. Yeah, that's right. We've heard all about that. And we need people to uh, support the show. And, and, and Nam is posting images that say that has a picture of Adam Curry's Twitter account says you're blocked. Yay. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't so, been blocked by Adam. Curry. Adam doesn't block people. Yeah. Like hell on, uh, on father's day though, the episode, I really enjoyed being promoted. I mean, a few weeks ago, Adam hated me and that was the, the reputation we had going on. And, but now according Apparently, to the last show, I hate, you hate Adam. Adam now. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's it a mutual thing. I, I, I mean, you've got to figure these things have to go back and forth. He said, Leo even Laporte. if you, even if you don't know, <laughs> right. Oh, I am totally clueless. He's like, Leo Laporte could just line up behind Darren O'Neill. I'm like, why do you think I could take care of Leo for him? If that's, <laughs> I mean, if that's what he wants, I mean, that's fine. If he you don't wants, need if, much of a scope to catch Leo. Right. If I, if Adam needs me to be a buffer for between him and Leo, then, I mean, I can take him down for him. A little clothesline. Leo, the little liberal punk. I mean, come on. It wouldn't be hard. I could just show him a gun and he'd be like, ah! and then he would run. <laughs> I think that's, that's how it works. Basically how Adam's last appearance on Twitter worked. <laughs> yes. I remember that. I mean, because it was the greatest thing was he, was, he was remote. He was 2000 miles away. And Leo's like, Oh my God, a gun. And well, yes, because it was Leo being a dick with and, and Leo. No, Leo literally, I don't think he meant it, but he literally said uh, a few days later, we're talking about it. He's like, I was actually afraid for my life. <laughs> fucking bullshitting retard he doesn't he doesn't know how the zoom meetings or skype calls worked at that point i guess uh <laughs> can you shoot people through a skype call uh can we get maybe it's, uh, uh, you know the internet would be a lot nicer place if you could trust yes. me hell yeah, i thought about this hell yeah it would but it was uh the conversation was just oh adam you're in uh, austin now and then leo was a dick like yeah, is everybody is it true that everybody has a gun out there and he just made like a throw-off comment it's like within Three seconds, Adam was brandishing a firearm. And uh, <laughs> Leo was like, just like, uh, yes, by the way, as a matter of fact, I do. Yes. And I think he said, and everybody is really polite out here because of that. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing how that works. If you think you're armed and dangerous. Although not so much in Austin anymore, because Austin is much more like Petaluma than it used to be. Oh, yeah. yeah I've heard a lot about that. From Gene. From, oh, I bet, I bet Gene. Yeah. Can Gene stop talking about it? <laughs> he wants to get out of Austin. I believe it. It's, I want to get out of the left coast. I won't stop talking about it. You know, it's, it's, this is what happens when people leave California. Like, well, we have to go somewhere else. Oh, it's nice up in Seattle or it's nice in Austin. And yeah. Then, well, and if you want to know what happens when Californians invade your state, go look at Californians invaded my area. 25 years ago, like oh, is mid nineties list is up and uh, crime is yeah. up. Well, yes, because they, they had enough time to move in, to buy up all the property, to drive housing prices through the fucking roof to, uh, you know, marry, have kids, teach their kids, the beauties and wonders of socialism, and then vote in all of the people who are now creating such terrible policies 
that the whole state is collapsing on itself, including the the winner of the most recent uh, battle of the douchebags, Jay fucking Inslee. But is he really worse than it's a woman governor of uh, of Oregon, isn't it? Uh, Brown. Is that hey, Brown? I, yeah. OK. But uh, I mean, their whole thing. Remember, we talked about that last year, which is, hey, hard drugs, not illegal. Do whatever you want. I think she's more of a socialist. Oh, yeah. Uh, Inslee is more of a tyrant. That kind of makes sense because she was like, it's great. If it feels good, do drugs. And it's like all of a sudden a drug death skyrocketed in Oregon. Who, who would have put these two things together? Yeah, what a surprise. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like you're okay. seeing the, this just horrible stuff. But uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk about quantum. Do you want to talk about quantum? We do have like three people to thank, though, for supporting the show. Believe it or not. I, what is wrong with these people? Being that uh, that's not a regular show. And I do have to uh, check with people that have uh I, I know some have started donations for unrelenting after grumpy old ben started but they're still coming through to grumpy old ben so there's like some uh some paperwork that you, needs you've to be got done. some accounting to do yes to separate the shows but our buddy stevie who was uh, one of like the first people ever he was like the first one in on our uh patreon which is still there by the way um he came in with five bucks, which I was like, oh, I think people were surprised. A lot of people came in during the last show. We had a nice long yeah. list. Uh, our buddy Johnny. And then everybody forgot about us. Yes, because they're like, well, they're never coming back. Yeah. These, <laughs> these assholes are never going to talk to each other again. Why should I support the show? And I get that. They need, like all podcasts, they need to be aware whether or not the show is going to be around next week, next month. Is this just a one-off thing? We kind of understand. Uh, we understand that. But uh, Johnny Hipwell, who's been supporting a bunch of my other shows, Gianni over on uh, Twitter said, I listened to Grumpy Old Ben's for the first time. Great. So, I mean, there it is. A brand yeah, new me listener. Too. Somebody that's never oh. heard Grumpy Old Ben's. It's a beautiful thing. And then CSB did send his boostergram, of course. And he was like, oh, you're going to be doing regular show because he, he's not sure if he wants to support this show or I don't Planet think this Rage. show has ever been regular. I know. This one, he, he's like, he does believe this show has more listeners than Planet Rage. And based upon just to listen to the, the last episode, that's by far true. But that's that'll be the question moving forward. But he says, please visit my blog, csb.lol, to find fun and or funny cartoons. And they are fun and funny. And that was 1533 oh, sats, which we've we've joined. We've joined the fraternity. Yes, we've we, we've become. We've become yet another podcast that plays CSB ads. We all love CSB and uh, coming in 3333 sats and a millennial grumpy old boners. No, that's a, that's when we start doing the Viagra ads. That's uh, although, I mean, that could be good money. Why wait? Right. Are you having a problem getting erect? I, I have a cat on my lap. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> well, see, that would stop me. The cat would be like, I don't have that. You know what the going on with there? But hey. We are around. We don't know. I mean, there's no still regular schedule for the show. I mean, Wednesdays, maybe on and off for a while. Maybe we'll be back next week. I don't know. We haven't really talked about it. It'll happen. And we when won't. It, it'll happen when it happens. Why, why would we want to tell you what's going on? Yeah. I, I, why would we want to warn people when we're about to do a show? We found then they might start expecting it. We found out that the way to get the most people ever to listen to a show was not do one for six months and then don't tell anybody. And then, yeah. 
And then the first clue that anybody has that it's going to happen is at the end of no agenda. Which I think was a yeah, big reason I why the actually, downloads went up. I have to thank Adam and John for that. I'm, I, I have to, I, I'm just very happy with how that turned out. I know, I know, I know marketing and, and we probably should be telling people when we're doing a show, but I am so pleased with the fact that we just didn't let anybody know at all. Like the, the first clue anybody had was when Adam announced at the end of no agenda and the genuine surprise from John Dvorak. <laughs> was that surprise or horrified? I don't know. Uh, I, the horror horror is a type of surprise. He just wasn't expecting it. True. And I, I normally don't watch these kind of shows, but we watched the first season of um, the what something adventures of Sabrina, the chilling adventures of Sabrina with uh, okay. the girl playing Sabrina was the daughter from Mad Men. And if have you watched the uh, British- my, my sister-in-law is named Sabrina and she's had some pretty chilling adventures. I'm just letting <laughs> you know that's what's going on in my brain right now. It could be a different story. Um, <laughs> did you watch the show coupling from the, you know, the UK, the BBC show? I don't think so. The guy that plays Jeff, who is the bumbling guy that, you know, can't talk to women that, you know, always just says the wrong thing. Just the totally dorky kind of guy plays the the uh, dark lord he plays like the high priest of the satan religion in this and it's very strange to have that uh to have that guy okay. playing that role i like him already yeah but it was first i don't normally like a lot of the horror stuff this obviously based on the archie world but uh, it was done really well i think it was a netflix thing and i think it went on for at least four seasons so uh we'll see what they do in season two three and four but i enjoyed it and i really am not a big horror fan so uh I thought it was pretty interesting, but if you uh, want to, I'm, I'm willing to be a big horror fan, right? Oh, you said horror, horror. So, well, so you can do both at the same time, and you can. Su- okay, that's when it gets weird. <laughs> you can support the uh, Grumpy Old Ben's podcast at grumpyoldbens.com/slash/donate, or just go to a CSB site and tell him to donate. He, he'll he'll do that, and Is then he- he'll make a cartoon of you. Yes, and he will tell you why you are dumb. Okay, do you know what a quantum network is? It is, I mean, I know what the quantum computing would be like. Let's take the power we have today and it's going to be like a billion times more. Okay, stop bullshitting me. You don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Nobody fucking knows what a quantum computing is. It's like, you know, that's theoretical, which is why reading the article that you had about this, I'm like, well, isn't this all theoretical kind of stuff? So so the article drew drew me in and it was at uchicago.edu, but I have to admit, uh, the the article okay let's let's ignore the fact that it had so much techno babble that i well, i'll get to that but first of all they lost me at pritzker school of molecular engineering <laughs> he's a very rich son of a bitch his family owns like what's it hyatt hotels i think it is yeah but how how can any school have any kind of respectability with a name like that attached to it i don't think it was okay. jay that gave him the money i think it was his better relatives who aren't total douchebags well he's ruining the name of the school is all i'm saying this is true <laughs> this is very true <laughs> nobody wants a pritzker anything yeah so the article is uh that someone at the our university National of chicago labs, yeah yeah um has connected the city of Chicago and suburban labs with a quantum network, nearly doubling the length of what was already the longest one in the country. 
The Chicago Network will soon be open to academia and industry and will become one of the nation's first publicly available test beds for quantum security technology. Okay, so I read that and I went through the whole article and I'm sitting here going, okay, the article, like everyone who ever talks about quantum this and quantum that has a whole lot on what quantum will do and how it will revolutionize every computing industry in the world and how it will change our lives. And none of them, it's pretty obvious that this author has no freaking clue what it does or how it works any more than I do. And so the first place I decided to go was I wanted to go to, well, where else do you go when you want to learn about a new term that you're not familiar with? I went to Wikipedia. Yeah, I, okay. Th- that is exactly what I did while you were just saying what you were saying. And, and the first paragraph read, broke my I'm going to read the first paragraph. Thank you. The first paragraph from the phrase quantum network at Wikipedia. Quantum networks form an important element of quantum computing and quantum communication systems. Quantum networks facilitate the transmission of information in the form of quantum bits, called qubits, between physically separated quantum processors. A quantum processor is a small quantum computer being able to perform quantum logic gates (laughs) on a certain number of qubits. Quantum networks work in a similar way to classical networks. The main difference is that quantum networking, like quantum computing, is better at solving certain problems, such as modeling quantum systems. What? If it were the only thing in that paragraph that gave me even a remotely a clue about what it is or what's going on here. I mean, other than the fact that they said the word quantum about 37 times and linked to the other 812 Wikipedia articles, all of which are exactly as dense as this, that have you know, quantum computing as a link, quantum communication, quantum logic gates, qubits, quantum process. They're, they're all links to other articles that are written exactly the same way. The only part of that is quantum networks work in a similar way to classical networks, which doesn't really tell you anything, but it's the closest that entire paragraph comes to telling you what it is. You're like faster, bigger, better. I. And, and this is, I, I, I'm sure there are people out there who understand what quantum computing is about. And I invite you to send me emails because my spam folder is getting a little thin, uh, explaining to me why I'm so wrong about this. I'm not a dumb guy. I'm, I like to consider myself a smart guy. I'll let you be the judge. Actually, no, I won't because you'll say something I don't like, (laughs) but I genuinely cannot distinguish. And I went through. A dozen Wikipedia pages trying to explain this shit. I cannot distinguish it from utter bullshit or Star Trek techno babble or uh, uh, who was the um, uh, Theranos? Was it the the Silicon Valley chick who oh, right. got the scammer? The scammer. You know, she was really, really good at at creating plausible sounding bullshit that had absolutely nothing behind it, and that's what this. It, I'm. It is pegging my bullshit detector. There might be a genuine technology in all of this, but I read a ton of stuff and it was circular references. It kept going back to, well, quantum is, is like computing, but it's quantum. The, the right. word loses meaning. You hear it so many times. It, it was techno babble and. Well, yes, you can't use the word to to uh, define the word. Basically, everything I've ever heard about quantum computing talks about what the technology can do 
or how it's going to affect other technologies and completely glosses over how the technology works, what it does, uh, how any like nobody seems to care how they're just so excited to stumble over themselves about it's going to change everything. It has the potential to completely change this. It has the potential to do this. Like, yeah, but what is it? All I'm hearing in my head is if it weren't for my horse, I would have never spent that year in college. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking when I read that the first time. That's that's only that's the only thing that can come to mind because it's this, the same effect going on in your brain, which is. I, I, there's words and I'm kind of understanding the words, but I, I don't put the, together. No, I do not get it. I, I, I honestly think there might be a real technology underneath here somewhere. But what I know for sure is that the vast majority of people who are writing about it, including, I think, most of the people who wrote these Wikipedia articles are parroting bullshit that they've heard about what the potential is of what it could do without having a freaking clue, because nobody seems to be capable of explaining what it's going to do. Like, oh, this is going to completely change cryptography. How? What's it going to do? What changes? What? Okay, let's start from it will break. I understand it, cryptography. I've got a pretty good handle right. on how encryption works. Starting there, this what is, does quantum do differently? Somehow it's going to make the brute force irrelevant because this is going to be so powerful that what would normally take billions of years to brute force will now be nearly immediate. Allegedly. See, exactly. You what you just said is what the technology is going to do. Nobody has any idea how it's going to do it. Right. In the uh under quantum internet in that same article, it says in 2022, physicists at the Delft University of Technology in Netherlands has yeah. taken a significant step towards the network of the future by using a technique called quantum teleportation that sends data to three physical locations, which was previously only possible with two locations. <laughs> I mean, right. Again, it's like, what? What? A citation needed. I still need to know now what quantum teleportation is, because when you say teleportation, I'm thinking Star well, Trek. I, I, I'm sure that they they you can probably look that up and there's going to be a bunch of people willing to explain that. Obviously, it's, uh, you know, registered to if you, you know, if you use qubits and in a quantum state and you quantum entangle them with some quantum binary they'll all explain this to you in terms of other quantum concepts. I'm sure. Quantum I, teleportation, according to science direct quantum teleportation, a quantum information the, protocol by which the unknown quantum state of one particle can be transferred to another distant particle using a pair of entangled particles, a projective measurement and exchange of two bits of classical information. Uh, yeah. I, and and I studied quantum physics as such as it was when I was in college, because I did have to take that one physics class. And I was like, this is interesting. And I understand that the, you know, since I was in college, that the, the technology and the understanding of it will have moved on a bit, but all the, the very idea of building a computer out of something that is only stable so long as you never look at it, which is Heisenberg's uncertainty <laughs> principle. Doesn't seem to work. It's like, yes, 
this bit is absolutely stable and can be everywhere at once and in every state at once right up until I measure it. Well, then what's the freaking point? If you can't measure it, why do you care? <laughs> it's kind of like, kind of like muting versus blocking. If, if you can't see what the other person is saying, then why do you care if they're angry or not? Exactly. Well, if anybody anyway, knows how I'll, to explain this to, uh, and the <laughs> other thing that absolutely pegs my bullshit detector when people talk about quantum is that every prediction about how it's going to completely destroy everything about conventional computing is always between three and five years away. Right. Always. It was 10 years ago. It was between three and five years away. In 2015, it was between three and five years away. Next year, it'll be between three and five years away. Boy, if you want to see something else that is going to peg the bullshit detector, how about somebody who can just spin on that narrative over and over again for unlimited grant money year after year? That Ned says, Sir Bemrose, clearly you didn't have the right superposition. So my uh, position is always the right position. Always the superposition. It's not always that super though. And, and I believe all of this stuff may eventually happen, but uh it seems like so much of it is theoretical that you're able to magically flip a bit remotely, magically. I mean, I understand the somewhat of the concept but the reality doesn't seem to be here yet so talk to me when it's here i i believe that there are some sound concepts underneath and i believe that there are people doing extremely cool physics stuff in there i do not believe 99.8 percent of the hype surrounding this idea of quantum computing and every single person who tells you that quantum computing is only three to five years away and is going to completely revolutionize all cryptography and crypto mining and everything is they don't understand it either. And they're just repeating something that they came up with breathlessly telling you hype. And if, if somebody comes to you with that kind of that level of hype, hide your wallet. There is a, a media contact in this article for a Fermilab. From uh, less than two years, uh, Lee Hesla. I bet you she'd love to answer our questions. I, you know, if uh, if she's listening, she he. If this person's listening to Grumpy Old Ben's, I would love to hear you explain to me why I'm wrong. Yeah, we'd love to know more about quantum computing. I mean, there's got to be a first time for everything. I've never been wrong before, but it could happen. But you've been mistaken a few times, mainly about <laughs> exactly. never being wrong before. <laughs> possibly about that i'm not specifying fact check false fact check true fact check was he with quantum that fact check would happen before you even were wrong that's how fast quantum computing is but you wouldn't know it until you measured and collapsed the waveform and then you could never fact check anything again oh that's when the world ends isn't there like a loophole (laughs) or something in a time space continuum and then you get in the tardis and then the world yeah you're like i all I wanted to do was buy something with Bitcoin and I accidentally turned the earth into a black hole. That'll happen. I mean, it's way easier to pay cash and I'm getting yeah. pissed at how hard it is to pay cash. It's for not things. that easy to pay cash anymore. This was episode one, right? Paying cash. No grumpy old bands, cash, the death of cash. We were, yeah, it was one of the first couple. And it is, uh, it's getting there. It is getting there. Major league baseball stadiums. I think 27 yeah. of them, no cash. It's like, what the, um, we're uh, a couple friends and I are are headed out in a couple weeks to a uh, Seattle Mariners game at 
Uh, which I don't Petco even know. What, is that still Petco? I, it was it was Safeco forever. Oh, that's right. And, Petco um, is in California. Uh, T-Mobile, maybe. Ooh, I, it, it's almost impossible to know what to call the fucking stadiums today because they sell out to a new corporation every year. But did they warn anyway, you that your cash was no good? They they literally say on their site that the stadium is cashless. None of the vendors that are selling you your fourteen dollar beer. None of them accept cash. The only thing you can do if you have cash is you, there are automated machines near the entrances where you can feed cash in and it gives you a display or a, a single use debit card. Yay. That, and, and I'm probably going to have to do that because I'm not really interested in, in spreading my debit information out to all of these MLB vendors. I think what you should just do is be like, well, I only have cash. That's legal tender. And and then they'll say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, you can't order anything. Class action lawsuit, baby. Cash is legal tender. Has to be taken. I mean, here's one thing that I learned recently. Uh, Apparently, the stadiums are one of the only industries in the city of Seattle that is exempt from the uh, citywide minimum wage of, I think, $17 an hour. Nice. The stadiums are exempt from that. So they can pay those people even less to sit there and no, they're not training people to count change. They're like, you got to swipe a card. I don't know what those round metal things are. It's nefarious because for two main reasons, one, they're able to track exactly what you buy at the ballpark. So you can't be like, no, I only had one beer. Now they're going to see how many beers you bought. I just, a new disposable debit card for each beer is all I'm saying. Right. Well, that's true. And do do not connect those. But for people that don't use the disposable ones, one, you're being tracked. And two, for those $14 beers, it doesn't even seem like real money when you're just tapping your card. That's the and, other and issue. You know, you know, that information is going to uh, where where's MLB headquarters. It's Pennsylvania. I don't know. You know, that information is going into a database somewhere in the MLB organization so that they can mine it for what do baseball fans really like to eat while they're at the game? Everything is mine now. Everything is data. And you can't walk into a park without having a credit card or buying. You know, it's just. I don't know. I really don't understand that you can't bring cash in. That's why I really liked the Mexican restaurant last week. The wife and I went into. And the first thing when we walked in, the woman's like, well, we're cash only. Is that okay?" It's like, hell yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'll be coming back, too, because the food was good. Yeah, hell yeah, I would do that. It's like that's, that's one of the. Oh, we we went to the farmers market for years and years, and for a very long time, it was all cash only. And you know, it was easy because everybody'd set their price at a whole number of dollars because they don't want to deal with change any more than we do. And I, it was fine. It was like, uh, you know, uh, a big flat of like five pounds of blueberries. Yeah, that'll be four dollars. Okay, I, I love that. Um, uh, last year, two years ago. The farmer's market started switching all of their vendors. Now, some of the vendors still take cash because fuck you, but all of the vendors, all the official currency now is these like wooden nickel looking tokens that you scan your debit card at the, at the entrance tent and they'll give you any number of tokens that you can hand because they say it makes transactions quicker when nobody has to make change. Bullshit. It also makes it so you always walk home with a fucking handful of these things. Right, because you, you can't turn those in on, right on the way out. That's the problem. Yeah. 
That's also the problem with the MLB with the single use debit card is, hey, if I put a hundred bucks on that and I only spend 50, where do I get my $50 change on the way out? Well, obviously you can spend it the next time you're at the park. Right. That's it's a scam. Uh (laughs) It is so convenient. Let us hold your money for you. I mean, this is where crypto would be good. You know, if, if that was an alternative, then you're starting to make the case for less of the tracking concept. You know, if I could come in and pay with Monero or if I can come in and pay with sats, then that would be interesting. But no, that's not what it is. But everything wants to be tracked. Everything wants to be tracked. Everything is data. There is money in data. There's money in yeah, advertising. That, that's it. We started this show saying follow the money. And that's that's it. The The money is in the data. You know, why do companies give you massive discounts for loyalty programs? Because they're making more on selling you as data than they're losing by giving you a discount. Yeah, they know. Well, they also know that if they're doing like a cash back, the pizza places around here all do it the same kind of way where, you know, every pizza, you're probably getting a $3 credit. Once you get 10 bucks, then you can use that like cash. Well, this is the reason why you order from the same place all the time, even though you might have three really good pizza places in the area. It's like, oh, but I want to build up my points. I mean, yeah, here's here's a crazy idea. How about I order from the same place every time because they have good pizza? That would be the way to go. Wouldn't that be weird? I mean, they all have the that, uh, or would that am I just being old fashioned? Kind of. It's uh, the the beauty of ordering online. It should be easy, but it, it, it isn't always. It's getting better. Our local pizza place. I was really happy to see they now have a thing where you can choose. Do you want it cut in squares, which is very popular here in the Chicago area? So your whole. You know, pizza basically gets cut into a bunch of little squares rather than the New York style slices. No, they cut up a round pizza. Yes. A round pizza cut into squares. So, you know, you do have like four really little pieces because they're like the corners and the edges. But you can choose now whether you want it in the squares, whether you want it like a New York pie, which is cut into the wedges, or you can have it not cut at all, which I found was interesting as well. Oh, yeah. I only want one piece of pizza. Thanks. Right. Every well, there was I saw a meme the other day with like baby Yoda sitting in front of a big pizza, which said every pizza is a personal pizza. If you try hard enough. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, hell, yeah, those are words we can live by. So uh, can you go up there and say, I'd actually like you to take the pizza and cut it into circles? Maybe like, can you do? Yeah. Can we add some extra, you know, but the whole system now is so advanced and it's like you can do your halves and quarters and all this stuff all online which is way easier than trying to call it in i like being able just to order online and the benefit unlike the assholes at the crumble cookies the pizza they still let you pay in cash even though they're bringing the food to your house they don't care they just tell you that the drivers are not going to have more than 20 dollars in change but you want to order a pizza and pay cash they'll still gladly take the cash once they get to your house as it should be Yes, because it's legal tender. This, oh, no, you have to charge. Of course, it being Chicago, they have to worry about the drivers getting shot for the $20 in change. Yeah, that's true. That is true. There was just a shooting in the Amazon parking lot at the the place where my niece works, which is about 15 minutes from here. Yeah, the Amazon parking lot. So there's shootings all over. Was was it an employee and were they shooting the management? You know, they, they didn't say the people involved got the hell out of the parking lot before the authorities arrived. And I don't know if they have figured out yet if this was employees or, you know, I was figuring that this is a really big, I mean, like multiple football field, big place. 
it could be a really good place to like go do drug deals and stuff because it's a huge parking lot. People are constantly coming and going. So it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that worked there. But we'll yeah. see. Uh, I, yes, I know a shooting in Chicago. Very hard to believe. Blue a news. shooting in Chicago hardly ever happens. Yeah, it hardly happens. Don't I worry mean, about I it. bet I bet there has not been a single shooting anywhere in Chicago in like the last 30 seconds. But I could be wrong. That may be true. But during the show, I guarantee you there's been one during the show. Yeah. Well, um, you know, if you just had better, stronger gun laws. A person is shot in Chicago every two hours and 47 minutes. So maybe, maybe not. It's possible. Depends. We may have gotten lucky. Maybe somebody didn't get shot during the show. I don't think we're that lucky. These are the bright things that we think about the, here. The only thing we can hope is that the person who got shot was was a biden voter or something oh, oh wait wow i did not go there we just we do want to lower the biden vote that would be good and we want more sanity this is uh grumpy old ben actually after all. also that that logic even if it weren't cruel and and you know a horrible thing to say it wouldn't work because most of the biden voters are already dead when they voted oh that's true that is true or they're at least brain dead at the, at <laughs> well the, that much is a given <laughs> the very least <laughs> But I mean, hey, we're not a political show. We're a tech show. I mean, I know people are like, we want more tech. I mean, so I hope we give them their tech fix. Oh, we have more tech. We we had what, like 19 stories and we went through four. Yeah, there's always enough. So that always leaves a little more to come back and continue and give more tech stories and uh, try to avoid because I don't think politics is even going to be remotely interesting for the next two years i think it is just a repeating over and over of the same stuff but you know the tech stuff is it's close i mean you really have to look and you have to overlook some things like the program that i use to do the streams which is an open source program called mix m-i-x-x-x.org that when i went and looked to see if there was a a new version of it no there wasn't and but it's like oh we stand behind the people of ukraine and it's like why are you getting involved it's like just stop everything doesn't have to be politicized oh yes it does <laughs> why though what's the point for an open source bunch of dumbasses who are putting out an audio product to be like well we need to make our statement i i, I will i will leave you with my uh my rule of thumb for determining if a uh, an open source project is too woke to contribute to. Ooh, there's a uh, litmus test. Is, yeah, if if they if you look at the root of their uh, repo, and if they have contributing.md in there, then uh, you probably just want to turn away because that is the name of the file that almost always has things like the contributor code of conduct or whatever, which is the thing that says in order to Contribute to this open source project. Uh, you have to think about, pay attention to, and put forthright people's skin color and gender and identity ahead of their ability to code. And you don't want to be part of that. So if I'm like, okay, I want to give you a thousand dollars. I believe in what you're doing. They're like, describe yourself. I'm like, okay, old white guy. No, we don't want your money, asshole. No, they'll take your money and then they'll kick you out and, <laughs> and block you. Well, that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, I don't blame them, but we like to thank everybody for hanging out with us. We're doing the show live on the no agenda stream as we like to do just because, uh, you know, we like to annoy you. Whoever's listening to the stream. 
And uh, at some point, we'll be back again. It's kind of like a guessing game. But you can vote. And the best way to vote is with your Satoshis, with your pennies, with your quarters. I mean, hey, with your dollars, really, if you want to get into into the big time. But we want to know who wants to listen. It'll be interesting to see how many people listen today as opposed to the last episode, because I think the last episode, people were kind of hoping it was going to be like a, a demolition derby. But uh, I kind of was kind of, it was a lot of fun. Demolition yeah. derbies are fun. It just wasn't us that get, got destroyed. Right. That's true. You can buy we, your- grumpy old Ben's. We destroy tech news. Oh, dude, that's a good tagline. <laughs> Let's start using that one. With that said, I am Darren O'Neill. Coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where a lot of people voted for Joe Biden. And, uh, you know, you get what you deserve. And from America's left coast, where quantum computing is coming to a stadium concession stand near you. I'm Ryan Pemrose.